Welcome to the Manners Podcast, where our host, Joey Ferjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church in Philadelphia, is teaching on how to be a biblical man. Here we go. All right. Hey, season two of Manners. Here we are, 2.0. Steven, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Great. Glad to be here. Amen. Amen. How long have you been with us? I've been with the Block Church now for nine years. Wow. And yeah. you've been doing janitorial administrative yes, work the fa- whole time. Yeah, facility work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Tell me about your day in and day out, man. So I'm our production director. So a lot of, uh, you know, cable stuff, computer stuff, lights, all that I kind actually, of stuff. I actually thought you were going to walk through what you would do if you were the facilities person, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did change a lot of light bulbs the other week in our office. Amen. That's so. because we don't have a facilities person. So. It's because we're here to stay. We're, we're saving the monies, putting it towards our future. That's so. right. We probably don't even have heat on right now. We don't. This. I'm actually pretty cold. Yeah. Well, we're hey, going to make it through. We've got to raise money for a building, but Amen. Anyway, point of our, you know, little podcast, right? Trying to help men talk about what it means to be a godly man, but we can't ever start the podcast until we have a little bit of a a man product, okay? Mm. So something that every man's got to have. Mm. And I see you as a a strong, you know, uh, even though the hair is fading. It's fading slowly. It, it's fading. Last season I had hair. This season I don't. If I get invited back, I might not have some. <laughs> so we'll see. So do see you what have, happens. So what What did you bring for us today? Did you bring some sort of hair product or? No hair product. No, that's no surprise no keeps here. Keeps or anything? Nothing. No keeps. Okay. Nope. It's it's going. That's my that's my route. <laughs> Stay, hang around the block church long enough. You're not going to have hair. We're all we're all there. Yep. But yeah, my what I brought is I brought a, a multi-tool. So kind of a weapon. It, it can be a weapon. I feel concerned. We do live in Philadelphia. But <laughs> you gotta have one. You gotta have one. But yeah, I mean, this is also sort of related to the job, right? A lot of things that I do, I carry this every Sunday, but most days I carry this because you just never know what kind of pickle you'll get in. Right. Not defending yourself, but maybe fixing something yep. or, or whatever. Although so, outside of our offices, p- people do get shot quite yes, often. Yeah. So I mean it's not a bad thing to have. I, I wouldn't necessarily bring a knife to a gunfight, yeah. but you know, you do what you got to so do. So show me what it does. What, what's the purpose of it? I mean, this can do basically everything, and that's why every man should have it. Okay. I mean, we got tweezers, we got wire cutters, we got knives, we got files, we got a screwdriver, got a bottle opener. Wow. Oh. Yeah, we hey. can fix somebody's glasses if we need to. I mean, and so you use that obviously in your job day to day, but whenever you might need it. Yeah. If I mean, when to, I go on vacation, I'll check this in a bag to have it. Um, it's just now, one of those things you just Do you just wear it know. on your hip, or does your wife allow you to do that? Or <laughs> <laughs> On Sundays, I do have a little holster that I wear. Um, I was going to bring that, but my wife actually said no. She said, just bring the multi-tool. So every man... All right, I'm, what is not, this called? Endorsed. This is the Leatherman. We're not endorsed. Should I not play with this? You I'm should, a little bit clumsy. You should definitely not play with this. I'm a little but, bit clumsy. I'm concerned. Where's the knife? The knife is on this outside portion. So if you, here, you get gotta, the knife out. We're gonna play you gotta a game. close it. Okay. I You're gonna play. A, where like I saw the, this in a movie once. The Russian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 Are you yeah, ready yeah, to yeah. put your hand down? No, no, no. You put yeah. your hand out. You have to do your own hand. <laughs> let's not do this. I don't want to have to file a workers' comp, and I don't even know how to close. Yeah, this, let's so. put this away. All right. So let, let's get let's get into our content today. All right. So yeah. what what I want to talk to you and why I had you on this. So what I want to title today is is really like a man needs to be able to make decisions, make decisions and live with them. The consequences, mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. how to back out of the bad decisions, yeah. um, uh, know how to navigate through them. And one thing that I've noticed in our world, and especially with social media 
um, being a driver, you know, everybody mm. struggles, all of us. You see something online, you want to do this. You see someone more beautiful, you want to be with them. Yeah. You see, um, you know, a church, you know, we talk about this all the time. You're our production yeah. director. And it's like, we see a, a million, million, million dollar church with 10,000 yeah. people. With all the toys in it. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's lights there that we didn't even know existed. Like yeah. they went to heaven and pulled down like the <laughs> like the throne room backdrop. And we're like, how do we do that? And then yeah. the next thing you know, we're in a fist fight because they're like, we have $3, you know? <laughs> but, but, but right, so I mean, it's very natural to covet yeah. and all that stuff. Yep. And I think sometimes what that does for guys probably everybody, but especially guys, I've noticed this, is is we struggle to make decisions. We're, we're, mm. we're with a girl that we feel like we love, but then we're also on social media, and it's mm. like, is there something better out there? We all struggle with the with the grass is greener, mm. and, and like to be a great man, yeah, to be a man of God. You have to be able to make decisions. I want to talk a little bit about your journey of decision-making. Mm. Um, I think what we can do is we can we can kind of be, uh, begin a little bit about just briefly your decision to uh, sense a call to ministry. But then I, I, wanna, I don't want to live there much. I want to really talk about your relationship, your romantic relationship, and now your wife, because mm-hmm. I think it's a good story. But talk to us a little bit about, I guess, growing up and then feeling like, man, I, I feel called to ministry. I got to leave my job, et cetera. Yeah. I, my call to ministry definitely happened at a very young age. I, uh, I have journal entries from my mother from when I was Hmm. five or eight years old Hmm. saying that I wanted to be a pastor. Hmm. And there's also times where I said, you know, I I love music and Hmm. I want to, I think I'm going to be doing something or she said that she thought I would be doing something with music. So Hmm. it's funny to look back now and see that I'm working for a church in a production ministry. Yeah, has a lot to do with that. Can you talk about your mom a little bit and what happened there? Yeah. So my mom, when I was 14, got cancer and Mm. and, uh, that journey ended at 15. She Mm. went home to be with the Lord. And so Mm. I think that was really kind of a a, a big part of my calling because I watched um, a lot of my church be amazing for Mm. us in that situation. In a lot Mm. of ways, they could have been a little bit better. Mm. And, um, you know, as as life went on, I just, as much as I struggled with why God would do, you know, or why things happened. I feel like God miraculously healed me of those things. Hmm. And I realized that if God could have, you know, get me through this traumatic experience and bring such healing to my life, that hope is for everybody. And I want to be a part of reaching everybody, building communities that that people can be a part of. And so I didn't see myself doing anything but build the local church. Hmm. You know, one thing that you do really great, I love about what you do, and this really doesn't have anything to do with decisions. I mean, I guess it does. You made a decision to to be in ministry, but you don't, you're not a production director, you're a production pastor. And I've I've watched when people um, who, their mom has cancer or somebody's going through something, you've always been a a great stable force for those people during moments of great pain. And I I love that about you. You've you've been through pain. You know how to handle it, manage it, um, and provide the empathy and the grace needed for for those people. I just love how you lead your ministries because you don't see it as a a job, but as a ministry. Um, So nonetheless, right, you, you, you... accept this call. It was a little bit of a journey. You worked different jobs. You went yeah. to a, a, a college of sorts. Yeah, Bible college, <laughs> studied pastoral ministry, and, and got some secular jobs after that. 
Should was, we tell them how I found you in a uh, in a uh, a classroom? Yeah, I was I was over a, a pizza party. <laughs> I I saw free pizza to meet church planners, and so I was like, well. I'll get some free pizza, and that's how it all started. Well, you, you, well, I invited you. I was, I was at, I was at your college, and I was looking yes. for people to help us start the block yep. church. And you know, I, and I'm like saying, I'll give you anything you want. You know, free food, whatever. <laughs> and Stephen's the only one. My you, eyes lit up. Yeah, free yeah, food. Exactly. And, like, look, one thing about the Italians, man, we yes. can get them with some some marinara sauce. Yes. Anyway, you, uh, you come to my house. Yeah. All, you were up like New west Jersey. side of the city or New Jersey, and then. You come all the way down to my house, don't know anybody, didn't say a word. Yeah. You were how old? Eight. I mean, yeah, 19. I was like basically a freshman in, in college. Yeah. So. And then you come and hang out with us for two weeks and we kept feeding you. So you kept coming. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. And here so, we are. I mean, that's what college students have to do to survive. <laughs> you have to find somebody that will feed you or something, <laughs> something like that. You got to figure it out. We've been feeding you ever since. So basically, I mean, you know, staff lunches are my favorite work days. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm sure. All right, all right. Let's <laughs> let's let's move on. So you 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 know you work at the church, all this stuff. Um, you know, time is gone. You meet yeah. this girl. Talk to us about your your journey here and kind of the the up and down of the relationship. Yeah. So I I met my wife Natalie. She I like to say she knew that I was at this church, so she came to find me. But <laughs> that's not true at all. She. <laughs> Uh, just came to our church. She got plugged in, and uh, you know, I saw her, and I was like, "Wow, that is a beautiful woman right mm, there. Amen. Strong." Amen. And my eyes lit up, and so <laughs> you know, it took me a long time to convince her to go on a date with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even say it was a date. I just said, "Do you want to go out to dinner?" <laughs> we both left, not sure if it was going to be a date or not. But uh, sure enough, we went on a date. We dated for about a year, and then mm. um, 2020 came about. I'm sorry, your first date was pizza, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course uh, it well, was. Well, she was trying to tell me that there was no Central Jersey, so I had to show her that there was a Central <laughs> Jersey right. tomato pie. So. That's right. That's right. We should have brought tomato pies, but then <sighs> I always brought my pizza oven to, to sounded, whip some out. It would have sounded awful. In yeah. The but okay, so so you go on a date uh, <laughs> that wasn't a date, and yep. then what happens? Yeah, I think we just we just progressed from there. I mean, I I was uh, I, I went to you really seeking mm-hmm. advice and, and being like, hey, I really want to date this girl. She'd been a part of our church for a lo- for a while, mm-hmm. six months, maybe mm-hmm. close to a year. So I got to see her from afar, see what kind of decisions she made, what kind mm-hmm. of patterns were in her life. Mm-hmm. And so I went to you, went to to Pastor Lauren, and mm-hmm. kind of sought some advice. And you guys gave me wisdom about how to go about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was probably one of the. I, I mean, I felt like it was the first time I really like dated a girl with such pure intentions mm. of this is the girl I want. I want to, I want to do this right. I want to be pure. I mm. want to pursue it with, with my whole heart. And I also want God to, to breathe on it. So I'm not just going to do this because it's my decision. Well, I want to seek God first in it before I seek the girl. I want to go back to the word you used intentionality. Yeah. So you're how old today? 28. You're 28. 28. She was She's older, right? She's older yeah, than she's you. She's a year older than me. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um, so good for you. Yeah. Uh, so so you <laughs> so, but but you know, you guys were you were twenty what, five, twenty-six? Yeah, about twenty-six, I guess. Yeah, whatever it was. But you start to hit that that age and you're like, okay, I can't just can't this play can't games. be flippant. Yep. It, did something switch in your head where it's like, all right, this thing could be real. I, I need to be intentional. What does intentionality look like? You mentioned a little bit of it. Yeah, I think uh, purity in the relationship is is so important. Like when I took her on that first date and I dropped her off home and it was, you know, 10, 15, I said, hey, like I had a great time. 
mm-hmm. and the night ends now. Mm. She said that she was so impressed mm. at that because mm. every other guy that had taken her on dates would try to sneak a kiss or something. Mm. But mm. to me, that wasn't what I wanted, right? And you say something all the time that don't trade what you really want for mm. what you want right now. Mm. Mm. And so I think I constantly would be saying that to myself in, in dating her. The other thing is like, I wanted to purely get to know her and who she is. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and not wanting to jump, I think- some Physicality people, sometimes messes up the ability to maybe think clearly or yes, see clearly. Yes, and infatuation, right? That yeah. first 12, Gary Thomas in Sacred Search says, the first 12 to 18 months of a dating relationship, you are caught in infatuation. Hmm. You're usually so butterflies, this, hmm. that, that you can't even think straight, hmm. right? We think with other parts of us instead of hmm. thinking with <laughs> the mind that God has That's given good. us. That's and, good. And what my, I have a a friend that always says, why would God put your head above your heart? Mm. You know, why would God mm. give us two ears and one mouth? Because we're mm. supposed to listen more than we talk. Mm. Why would God give put our head above our heart? Because we need to think mm. before we follow our heart. The Bible says so much about our heart and how deceitful mm. it is. Yeah. But- Man, that's good. That's a good word. I, I, think, um, I think we don't think enough. Yeah. Yep. We're so led by emotions, so led yes. by feelings, so led by... Because I think what we see um, mm-hmm. is not thinking. Yep. What, a lot of times what we see, again, we'll pick up something, uh, a phone, or, or we'll see somebody we're, we're seeing, but that, that kind of goes right to our emotions yep. and our feelings Yes. versus, okay, I see this, I like this, I need to process through this and have some intentionality. Yep. So you so you guys decide you're going to be girlfriend and boyfriend or, or yep. whatever, and, and then what happens in the relationship? Um, in the relationship, I, we didn't really necessarily have like mentors. We didn't necessarily have accountability in some areas. And so we did our best, I think, with where we were at. But coming towards the end of a year, um, I was w- like very ready to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that this was the girl I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, was, she wasn't necessarily there yet. Mm. Um, she was still working some things out. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, come 2020, it was a crazy time. Being a production director for a church meant my work schedules were getting all wacky. Mm-hmm. She was off, like she was remote. So she had all the time in the world and, yeah. and things just were not, things were constantly in balance. Mm. Um, and so we found ourselves in a very unhealthy situation mm. by the way that we communicated to each other, mm. by our expectations of each other. Mm. And so we decided to take a break. Hmm. And how did you get there though? Did you go get some help? Did you go get some some mentorship? Yeah, we we started to sit down with uh, the marriage coaches at our church, Scott and Lisa Mitchell, and and they told us that we should take a break from each other. So, uh, you know, a week of not talking, not seeing each other, and intentionally, right? There's mm-hmm. that word again: spending mm-hmm. time in God's presence and seeking His wisdom for our future. Mm. And it was after that week that. And this was another man decision I had to make mm. is I felt God telling us to take a longer break mm. and to break up. Mm. And I knew that she she um, wasn't ready. She wasn't ready or she did not want to make that decision because sometimes you have to do things that hurt mm. in the moment for mm. something that's better. It's good. Right? It's good. And so as the man, as much as it hurt, mm. I had to break up with her because I knew that she wasn't gonna do it. And and what's crazy about all that is you knew you wanted to marry her. Yes. She was undecided at this point, but you knew the only way was, A, you listened to people you trusted. Yes. And you knew the only way for there to ever be a chance for her to get where she needed to be. You needed to be obedient to God and yes. make the decision, okay, we're going to break up, and and I've just got to trust God with this. Yes. That's really hard. Yeah. 
It was the hard, I think it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Hmm. So then you guys break up and then you really break up. Yeah. I mean, the next maybe year it was like, okay, here's uh 25 days of not seeing each other. And then it was like, mm. oh, we run into each other at church. Mm, right. And all of a sudden we're like, just want to catch up on life. Yeah. Right. And I think with that, but you really broke up though. Yeah. Oh, we really broke up. Like we were not, we were not texting. She blocked me on almost every <laughs> single social media platform, um, which, which was needed as crazy as it sounds. I yeah. think so many of us don't want to get to that point with people because we feel bad. Yeah. But it's again, like you got to trade what you really want for what you aren't right now. Like, mm. like you got to do some healing work. So that means you got to separate from people that you had ties to previously. I, just for like, cause I know sometimes Christians like do weird things, take breaks and you know, yeah. whatever. And a lot of times it's just cause they're making excuses sure. to, uh, you know, be with somebody else or whatever it is, y you know, when you broke up, I mean, there was a lot of things that you felt like emotionally you, you were, there was some healing that needed to take place in you, yeah. some things she needed to figure out about how she viewed marriage, yep. children, future. I mean, it was legit items Yes, that it was like, we cannot proceed because there's no direction here. Yes. You, you, she couldn't catch the vision for life. I mean, is that... A little bit. I just want to be clear. Yeah, yeah. We had different visions. I was get married, had kids, be in ministry. She was, I don't know, you know, could be anything, do anything. Yeah. Um, she's she's a big dreamer, right? And so she had all kinds of dreams, but we were not focused. We could not align on those things. Mm. And that's exactly why we had to break up as per the wisdom of yeah. mentors in our life, which and was you made very the needed. decision, which I, which I commend for. So, so, so you guys break up. It, you're broken up for how long? A year? About a year. Yeah. So she's, she's uh, at this point meeting with mentors and building mm. relationships in that category. I'm seeking professional counseling during mm. this time period. Mm. And by no means were we like perfect or it was easy. It was a very, very hard se season, yeah. probably like one of the worst yeah. years of my life, but a, a year apart and, and working on the the deep rooted stuff in us that we needed to address. Mm. So how did you guys get back together? Um, basically, uh, it just got to the point where we were like, "All right, we keep running into each other. Right. We keep just catching up on life. It just feels like we can't stay away from each other." Mm. And you weren't dating anybody else. She wasn't. Nope. So then, a year later. You have a conversation, you go back to your mentors? Yep, go back to our mentors. We sit down. At this point, we're like, we don't know what to do. Mm. We love each other so much. We can't see our lives without each other. Nothing about it was like, you know, the movie of when you get back together and everything's perfect. Like, by no means. We got back together and it was like, okay, we worked on stuff like personally, Separate, yeah. separately. Now we have to work on stuff like together and figure out if this is going to work. So you so you sit down with mentors and then really like I want to talk about marriage because how did you end up deciding okay how did she get there and the, mm -hmm. how do you view marriage because you had to make the decision to I guess accept her back based on the on the terms of okay I'm gonna align with we're gonna have a, a same vision because mm -hmm. sometimes people just get married for romance sake mm -hmm. or because they can't seem to live without a person but yeah. you have to have a bigger vision. What yep. did that look like for you? Yeah, I think once we once we came back together, I was very patient with her mm -hmm. and very understanding that she was still working things out. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where she then said to me, like, okay, Stephen, like, I'm ready to get mm. married. Mm. The whole time we were meeting with our mentors, we were we were really breaking down expectations versus desires mm. and, and really looking at, okay, what is this going, 
what can this look like mm. if we get married mm. based on our strengths, our gifts, our callings, mm. um, and our, and our vision for our future. And, and slowly but surely those things started to align. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we had to take a look at like, what do we want from a marriage? She, she changed it. She adjusted. She maybe had some more practicality to her dreams and, and realize that these were similar. And then maybe you had some give and take as well. Yes, of course. It's give and take on both parts. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we had to decide like what kind of marriage we wanted. Like, um, for example, like you talk about romance, like yeah. romance can be the center of, of your marriage, but both partners in it. And what I think we learned is like, we had to align, right? Okay. So we really see ourselves as, uh, like a spirit, we're spiritual partners, okay. right? Like we're ministry partners. Yeah, we are business partners. We have dreams of starting businesses together, mm-hmm. and those things together keep our vision aligned. And mm. obviously, everything is from the Father, right? Mm. God is the one that downloads that vision, mm. that dreams, mm. those DNAs, and it felt like God brought us together. It's great. it's great. And so then you you always knew, you always knew you wanted to marry her. Kind of had to wait till she got there, but did what you had to do. I mean, no doubt there there was Doubts, there was doubt for sure, right? Of course, but I felt like God spoke to me at the beginning of our dating relationship relationship and said, "Hey, this is gonna be really hard. Hmm. But it's gonna be really worth it." Hmm. And the whole time I questioned, was the breakup that like, am I supposed to not be with her? And that's hmm. is this teaching me something, or are we gonna get back together? And I just always held on to that promise and said, "God, however you want to make it worth it." Mm. whether that's for me personally as a man or for us as a married couple, I'm, you know, I'm open to what, what it is that you have. So I knew that there was going to be pain, yeah. but I knew that there was a purpose for it. Talk to me. You have your journal here. Yes. What, what uh, brings some of this out? What, what is this for? Yeah. Well, I, you know, obviously I think if it wasn't the Leatherman, I would say every man needs a journal. Amen. I think it's, it's very, true. very important. I am writing I am writing in my journal as much as possible because I want to leave my journals to my children. Yeah. There's assignments in there. There's to-do lists. There's prayer requests. Yeah. There's notes. I just want them to have my thinking. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. I, so I, I was flipping through this the other day and I realized that, uh, you know, this is December 2nd, 2020. This is, um, you know, we were probably just about to get back together here. Yeah. Right. And so I had to sat down and I said, you know, a, an elder in our church asked me what I saw in a wife, like what I wanted. Right. And I'm not with my wife at this point. We're not dating. And the list is there's about 11 things. Okay. Right. A follower of Jesus, a sensitive to his voice and spirit, generous, loving, kind, compassionate, passionate, smart, fun, and funny, adventurous, pure, um, called, Mm. um, and motivated. Hmm. It's great. And I think when I- So I I don't see like a a specific like uh, size clothing or (laughs) hair color or- Ethnicity. Yeah, nothing like that. Nothing like that. As much as my Italian heritage wanted me to (laughs) marry an Italian, I married a Puerto Rican and I'm I'm thrilled about it. But I think looking back on that, what's so beautiful is like, again, yes, those attributes, although they're good, Yeah. These like inner things yeah. that make up a person, right? The soul of a person. It's good. And that's what soul soulmates, right? That yeah. through that term, whatever. Yeah. I don't know if we want to go there, but but those are the things that really matter, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think once I really realized that what is it that I really, really want? The the inner workings of a person. And Natalie checked off all those boxes. So when we're talking about making decisions. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you make decisions based on value and mm. values. I mean, is that is that kind of what I'm what I'm hearing from you? Yeah. No, I think looking back at 
you know, how I, how I work. Mm. Right. And all those things, I think value is, is very important to me. Mm. What values is going to bring to myself, to somebody else, or what value am I going to bring to it? How did you make a decision? So you, you, you purchased a house when you were young, Mm -hmm. kind of a miracle property, right? You came on staff. And let me remind you that our ch- our church staff met there for a season. <laughs> I oh my gosh, my home. I do remember that. So, but you were twenty five or whatever, yeah. right? When you when you bought that house, but you made a decision to 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 take a risk. You did the homework mm-hmm. on first time home buyer, all this kind of stuff, yep. you know. And then now you've positioned yourself to, you know, part of your plan is to work on buying another property, mm-hmm. but you chose not to buy something over the top. It's something you're renovating. Can you just walk us through you know, that aspect of it, like making decisions with money, making decisions with property? You know, and really, you do all this stuff on a budget. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, you know, it's not like you're making millions working here. Yeah, not at the Block Church. <laughs> not yet. One day, <laughs> One maybe. Day. Yeah. But help us with that as we kind of conclude our time. Yeah. I, um, I, the one word that came to my mind was discipline, right? Mm. Dreams and disciplines. There you go. Yeah. Right there. Dreams and disciplines, yeah. right? I have a dream and what disciplines are going to get me there. And so I wrote in my, in my journal... Uh, when I turned 25, I said I wanted to have five properties by the time I'm 30. Mm. Got two years to get three more, so I don't know how we're going to accomplish that, but yeah. I'll start playing the lottery or yeah. something. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you play the lottery, all of it goes to our building campaign. 90% tithe at that point. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah, anyway, but disciplines. Right? You can build a bu- Anybody can build a budget, but who can stick to it? Okay. Right, and so when you have a dream, yeah. um, dreams help build disciplines because disciplines help you get to your dream. And so mm-hmm. my dream was to buy a home. I rented out my rooms. Mm-hmm. I, that would be considered house hacking. Yeah. Um, and then that allowed me to you know, recuperate funds over three years. And once I got married, we were able to now purchase another property mm-hmm. that we're renovating, going to move into. Yeah, because getting married, current home. You, you get two incomes when you get married. Yeah, I know. That was that was great. And yeah. one of them is not ministry. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so just the decision-making on that, like, I, I want to go back to that. Yeah. You, you, had a, you had a plan, um, but coming up with a plan starts with coming up with a, you know, a vision. Yeah. You can't have a plan without a vision. Yep. In our world as Christians, can't have a vision without sitting with God. Yep. And having some direction for your life. Yep. So, would you say, Stephen, that it really starts? Tell us your goal this year with God. What you shared this in the beginning of the year. Yeah, my my goal this year, I would say, I'm. I would maybe put myself in an ADHD kind of category. I'm, yep. I'm, I want to move. I want to be doing things. I'm trying to sit in God's presence more and more each day, mm-hmm. like meditation, no phone, no scripture, no music, just sit. Okay. My goal by the end of the year is to be able to do that for 60 minutes at a time. So, so one hour of sitting in God's presence and meditating. But but from that, from that, you, you'll probably have your journal with you. Yep. So I'm sitting with God. I'm getting ideas. Yeah. I'm hearing from the Lord. I'm writing these down. Mm-hmm. Time with God turns into vision. Yeah. Vision turns into plans. Yep. Uh, plans uh, turn into the decision and discipline phase. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're able to move. 
Yep. And I think- And move with confidence. Move with confidence. That's so good. And you're not always going to have the full nope. armor of, of 100%. Nothing's yeah, ever no. ever that way, right? You're renovating your house then, right now. Right? If we're, if we're yeah. 100% confident, yeah. like we'll be confident in God, but there's also that faith step that's yeah. like, okay, like this might not work out, but I'm going to trust God. So- so it's almost like like discipline and decision making they walk together mm-hmm. because you can't fulfill your decision without discipline. Yep. But you can't ever get to that point if you don't have a vision. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're speaking to men today about making decisions, uh, they're going through some stuff. It, it really is a combination. It, so would you say the process for you really is prayer, you know, vision, plans, discipline? Make the decision, faith. I mean, yep. that's what I'm hearing from you today. Yeah. And if you just keep doing that over and over and over again, I yeah. think you'll find out that God's going to do some incredible things in and through you. I love it. I love so. it. So for our men, man, you know, it's like you don't have to have it all figured out. No. But you do have to have a little bit of a vision and a plan. Yes. That comes from God. It comes from some of the things he reveals in your heart. And then you take steps of faith. And while you're doing that, you got to have discipline. You know, the scriptures tell us that faith without works is yeah. dead. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciate your story. Thanks for sharing. And uh, I, I think guys got to hear this and spread this around and share and subscribe and be a part of our our, our godly men community. So yeah. manners, how to act like a man. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If this was helpful to you, give a good review and subscribe to the Block Church's YouTube channel. For more information about the Block Church, visit theblockchurch.org. We'll see you next time on Manners, How to Act Like Biblical Men.